clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Says a prayer. to the end zone, which is fought for by Tate with Jennings simultaneous. Who has it? Who do they give it to? All right, hi everybody. Welcome to simultaneous catch. You darn dogs, you. I'm gonna find that audio. Why did I spy? I had all this time and I didn't find the audio. Yes, it does. Nope. If you're out there listening. And you can find audio of a Scooby-Doo episode where they say, I would have gotten away with it too, or for your meddling kids, and you darn dog, please send it to me. <laughs> so but I can play it all the freaking time on our show. Though. Anyways, yeah, welcome to Simultaneous Catch. My name's Josh Lapping. I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. And we are into the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. It's uh, often called the greatest weekend of football. Wow, really? Yeah, most people. I've not heard a lot that of, said. Yeah, a lot of people say that this is supposed to be the best weekend of football because, you know, wild card weekend. A lot of times we talked about has teams that maybe aren't as up to par as the rest, so you don't always have the best games. And the AFC Championship weekend is only two games, so okay. divisional round you get four games of the eight best teams left in the NFL. Yeah, okay, so, I dig that. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. I like that uh, that description. I never thought of it that way, but... but I, I mean, I think it's going to be four really, really good games. <laughs> yeah, but uh, speaking about wild card, I don't think the wild card weekend, I thought those were four pretty darn good games. I agree. So... Uh, even 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 the Colts-Texans game, which was a 14-point game, was still exciting for most of the game. Right, I mean, we, we sat there, we were trying to figure out the pieces, we were like, what's happening yeah. here, what's not going on? Like you said, it was a 14-point game, but I remember right. near the end, we were like, oh man, they like, they're in position. They and... scored, and there was plenty of time left, it's just... They could not get anything going down the stretch, and that—I mean, we'll talk about it later because I—that's—that's that's one of my—I actually have a crush in it that we haven't done. Oh about. yeah, okay. But, but uh, I dig that a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah, so um, let's talk about our friend's fortune. Yes, um, we were both cards. really close. We were, <laughs> and that made me happy because obviously neither of us were right, right. but we were. Pretty darn close. Yeah. So, uh, yours was that all the away teams were going to win, and the only team that you missed was the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle, who yeah. we were both on in playoff pals picks. So, and that was a tough game too. And uh, obviously, mine was every game was going to be one possession, and the aforementioned Colts Texans game was the one that did not end in one possession game. <laughs> yeah, I I don't remember how you scored the games. Did you write that down what? when you did your scores? Like when I when you predicted the scores, did I predict them all one 
possession. Right, no, but like, yeah. did you write it down? Because I, yeah, like I, the games Philly and Chicago was one point, Seattle and Dallas was two points. Like, I, I feel said, like you called crazy things like that. I said Colts Texans was going to be twenty eight twenty four. Uh, so no, Seahawks, uh, Cowboys. I said twenty to seventeen. Okay, well, uh, one point off. Chargers. Ravens, I said 16-13. Mm. Uh, and then Bears, uh, Eagles, I said 27-20. Okay. But, wow, you uh, picked, I didn't think that would be like one of your wider spreads. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I thought that game was going to, I thought there would be a little bit more scoring in that one. but uh, I think I didn't. Well, I thought there would be more well, yeah, scoring you thought it was gonna, You said, <laughs> yeah, your highest score, you said it was going to be Chargers, Ravens, 20-16. Um, that was your lowest scoring game. Mine was sixteen thirteen. Okay. Um, yeah, I, th- I said there was gonna be safety. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, was, there was almost a safety in that game. I thought. I, I feel like there was almost a safety in that game. Was there in that game? I, or was it? No, there was almost a safety in the Chicago. Oh, that's game. right, because he had, he spun out of the tackle and, and went back into the yeah. end zone. And yeah. But regardless, it was a very good good weekend of football. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, so let's get uh, the best week of football going on here. Yeah. So, so let's do some rant rave recall. Rant rave recall. Uh, is this is this divisional round version? I guess this is technically wild card version, isn't it? What do you mean? I mean, because we're ranting, raving, recalling. Oh yeah. Wild card. Yeah. I'm going to rant about. Oh, we're both ranting. I love it. I'm going to rant about. The play calling scenarios that went on ah, went on this okay. weekend. Actually, I feel like I could rant about two things, but okay. I'm going to rant about this right now just because it really bothered me. So the first game of the weekend was the biggest point differential right. of the entire thing right. when Indy went to Houston and they went on that three drive tear and scored oh, yeah. on all three, and they got pretty much shut out from the rest of the game I was on. Say the rest of the but game was seven nothing. <laughs> but what I loved about that, and we were texting about it during because we watched the second half and the later game that night, but we watched the first half by ourselves. And I, I said, I feel like I was pl- calling these plays in Madden. Yeah. <laughs> but as good as that made me feel, what I loved about that is I feel like that was the only game of the four where they weren't pounding the rock to try to pound the rock and running into a wall. They threw the ball to run. Yeah. versus trying to run the ball to pass. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the other teams that did not find success were trying to run the ball to no avail, and yeah. it was shutting down their offense. Okay. And a few times that they did throw the ball, it opened up so many things. Seattle, for example. Seattle, Baltimore. Yeah. yeah, Chicago threw the ball. I mean, that offense did extremely well, so we can't say that. But those two teams that... I picked Seattle, obviously picked against Baltimore, but those two teams, it was just so frustrating. And we could talk about Baltimore specifically. I I mean, actually both teams, I feel like it goes hand in hand because they were just running the ball into brick walls. And anytime they did pass, it started opening things up. See, yeah, I mean, they're, they're different for this reason. Seattle was able to score when they threw the ball. Right. And if they'd done that, I feel like it would have opened up lanes for their running backs, but they just, I don't know what they were doing when they were calling these plays. And it was extremely, extremely frustrating for me and probably their fan base because I'm not even 
a big supporter of the Seahawks. I mean, right. obviously, I picked them and I wanted them to win, but right. it doesn't even matter. Yeah. But Baltimore, and this one I think is even more interesting because we are talking about it. And we yeah. can talk about how Lamar Jackson was struggling so much. And I said pull him. I was in yeah. the mindset of pulling him. And I, I respect John, John Harbaugh for not doing it. He said this yeah. is Lamar Jackson's team mm-hmm. moving forward. And that's all great and done. But when it comes down to it, you have an entire other team of football players who have worked so hard to get here this year. And obviously they are all going to come to the support of Lamar Jackson. No one's going to be like, yeah, I'm PO'd that he played. No one's going to say that, but it has to be so darn frustrating, especially from yeah. the defense who has been shutting down. Let's just say shutting down this Chargers offense. They were scoring field goals until the third quarter. I don't know. I'm just so frustrated because, and you could maybe make an argument for it being garbage time or whatever you want to say, but I truly don't think it was. I thought oh, no. Baltimore, I mean, like, Chargers had Baltimore to have been sweating it. They did. And it was after Lamar Jackson started throwing the ball yeah. and throwing it successfully. You saw the pressure come off. The pocket was being more clean because they weren't bringing as many guys. And it made everything more effective because they were able to throw the football. Yeah. And so it was just frustrating. I, and that was the one thing I applaud Indy for because I feel like they came in with their game script. They know Andrew Luck yep. was their their corner or their cornerstone quarterback. They threw the ball and that enabled or helped Marlon Mack find more. Now Marlon Mack had a great game and he, he had you can't take anything away from him. It's not like, oh, Career it's game. because of they did that. You're right. The first 100-yard rusher against the Houston Texans. All year. Which I remember when they they flashed on the screen, we were like, what? I didn't know and that. It was, I mean, I, obviously everybody talks about they, they tout the Houston defense because of Watt and, and Clowney and Merciless and Honey Badger. But I, I never really thought it was that good this I year. I also and, didn't think that. So when that was they flashed it, that was very impressive. And kudos to Mac. But I feel like that was where the game script went according to plan. I think it was the right game script. Yeah. And I think that is why the, that team, for all intents and purposes, had the most success. Okay. All right. I respect it. Respect it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. You're you're going to be the coach that runs it in the wall all day long. I, I mean, I, the only reason I disagreed with you over the weekend and still do about the whole Lamar, Joe Flacco thing is because of how, of why he was being inefficient. It wasn't just to me. It, it wasn't just a rookie being flustered. It was there was pressure all day. He didn't get guys open, and then they were only calling a pass once every five or six runs. So he's barely getting a chance to get into rhythm. And then when they finally let him do it, he it started to work. And my other my other point was that you're the reason that you're having inefficiency throwing the ball is because there's no time to throw it and guys are getting in your face. And so for me, if you're gonna put a statue in there like Joe, that makes it worse. <laughs> Because he can't move around and dodge tackles. Because the biggest play through the air that came from that game was the one where Lamar rolled out, dodged three guys, and threw off his back foot, completing it to Ken Dixon for like 60 yards. Joe, Joe Flacco doesn't even attempt that play. You're correct, <laughs> you're correct in saying that, but you don't need that. All you need to do is start getting something moving. I mean, I, I understand Where eventually... That, but- the Chargers defense knew they owned Lamar Jackson. I mean, he was too rattled. He was not seeing the field until things calmed down. And even if you, Joe, comes out and throws two passes for six yards and you pick up a first down, they're like, oh, 
they can do this. Well, I mean, I don't know about that. Yeah, they, that. I don't know if two passes for six yards with the defense go until oh. the four, fourth <laughs> quarter. They had negative two passing yards. Yeah, I understand that. And then he threw for like one forty in the fourth quarter. Yeah, because, because he finally it, started moving around and dodging people. They, he did that once. <laughs> I will say this: what I talked, we talked about it last weekend when I talked about. Um, him in the pocket and him dodging people. The play that I was talking about was against the Chargers when they played them in the season. They, and they, because they showed the replay pregame where he like stood up to dodge a tackle and then backed off, but he was in the pocket the whole time. Okay. And it just, it wasn't something he was able to do as well in this game because honestly, guys were just not getting open because their first couple drives, he hit some people nice in stride. And then just after that, it was just negative play after negative play. And every screen they threw in that, in that game was blown up by. This incredible Chargers defense, which I, I will talk about them a little bit later, but uh, yeah, was... no, I I felt extremely good about what I thinking about what I'd said yeah. going into that game, and yeah. I think the whole game script was kind of flipped upside down because yeah. they had the time to prep and they knew yeah. his his tendencies and his cadences and whatnot. Absolutely. I think that helped a ton. Yeah, nice, nice rant. Thanks. I have a rant too. Okay, I have a rant about. Not Cody Parkey, <laughs> but stupid, stupid fans on social media okay. about this. I yeah, I like that. Am so angry about this. I, I seriously, I, I had to stand. I don't. I started pacing after this game because I was so pissed at how people were reacting to this. First of all, let's look at the fact that Cody Parkey scored nine points for the Bears. The Bears' offense scored six. Yep. So you outscored your offense, first of all. So let's calm down. Second of all, when you tweet things like this, and I I debated whether or not to tell you the tag of this person's Twitter, but I'm going to tell you. <laughs> this is at J-S-T-O-E-C-K-S. It's, his name is James. He tweeted, I want Cody Parkey dead. I want his family dead. Oh I want God. his dog dead. I want the guy who cuts his grass dead okay well that's... i i reported this tweet right away and if you want to go back and listen to the tag i said and go to report this guy because there are first of all it's not the only guy but there are so many people on twitter that night who were talking about they wanted him dead they wanted to kill him My they God. wanted to die and all this stuff and i'm just i am so sick and tired of people doing things like this when when their teams don't win first of all i get it we're we're very passionate people. I am very passionate about my team. I get very upset when they lose. <laughs> but I'm not calling for Nathan Peterman to die when he throws a pick to lose a game. I'm very mad at him. I don't want him on my team anymore. <laughs> I'm glad he's not. But I cannot believe the gall some people have. And we're in, in this age where there's no veil anymore. People can just say whatever the hell they want on social media and get away with it all the time. That's why I must have reported like 10 people. Uh, it was Sunday, right? It was Sunday night. Yep. Because I was so pissed off. I cannot believe people. I, I understand that you're upset. I get it. It's playoff football. You thought your team was going to win the Super Bowl this year and all this stuff. But so, like, again, first of all, he scored nine points. Your offense scored six. Why don't be pissed about Mitchell Trubisky and the offense not being able to capitalize in the red zone, first of all? Yeah. Why not tipping your cap to the Eagles defense that played phenomenally when they got down there? And then why not also just tipping your cap to freaking luck when it hit both crossbars? <laughs> both. I just – I cannot, also, I believe it was tipped. I, I, I believe that it they – It has been ruled as a tip. They said it was a tip. So it's regardless, technically a block. I, it's just it's, – it is so – it makes me so angry that fans think that they have the right to say 
ridiculous things like that to this this man is a family and you want you're talking about you want him dead and his family dead that that's horrible yeah, and you're I, right. I I I do not want to sit here and ill wish on anybody but I really hope that something happens to you that you have to stop and take stock of your life and realize that there are more important things than football and this guy deserves a little bit of a break here he scored more points than your team did yeah you're so, right I, I just it makes me so angry. It makes me so mad. And it was, it was tipped, and it hit both crossbars. And and I, the, like the next topic we're gonna talk about is Philly uh, and all this stuff. And I want it because this ties into the headline I found that I love because okay. the headline of the Philadelphia news was clanks for the memory because <laughs> it hit the uprights twice. But again, it's just I I can't say it enough that I, I'm sick and tired of fans thinking they're so entitled. Yeah, you're entitled to your opinion, but you're also entitled for the consequences of your opinions that you say out. And this this person should be taken off of Twitter. Everybody who posted anything like that. Ooh, I'll show them. Yeah, well. <laughs> I don't really understand things like that. Um, like you said, I think we're very passionate football fans yeah. in, in our own rights, in our own way. I also enjoy that the more we have gone public about our like when we when we go to the football game or we watch games like out at a restaurant or something and we see really kind of how unintelligent some fans are there are a lot of fans (laughs) who are very ignorant of football because literally literally the whole time we're sitting there and the one at the when we're at the bills game and the guy was like Tannehill, you blow you suck you're the worst and i'm like Tannehill, you're a slightly above average quarterback (laughs) well and there there are just so many things where you're much better at these things than me but i mean there are fans who are like who's that guy i was like i mean this is a starting wide receiver like you don't do you not follow these things like closely exactly but i also find it extremely funny because it also had to do with the bears eagles game i mean there are just always you'll find crazy videos of people doing just stupid things and our teams have them too i'm sure but i I saw there was a video of a, an Eagles fan, and I feel like Eagles fans are also like notoriously known for doing dumb things wild, and crazy. Yeah. But an Eagles fan thought the field goal was good, and he like went and drop kicked his TV, like oh put his gosh. foot through the television, <laughs> and then he was like, "That was a miss." <laughs> <laughs> See, but here's here's but even that is different. I mean, yeah, no, you're, you're right. You're stupid. No. You hurt yourself. You know what I mean? No, I mean, you're completely <laughs> correct. I mean, there's completely different than Like, I can laugh, at, I can laugh and, at that because you're right. just an idiot. Yeah, that's an idiot. I mean, obviously, wishing <laughs> Wishing somebody would will. die in their family. That's just, you're yeah. a horrible person. I don't know. <laughs> it makes me so sad. It just, and it, it, the other thing about it is that being. I it, didn't mean to compare those two. No, I know, I know, I know. I'm just, for sake of conversation. But I. Maybe I'm conditioned for heartbreak and disappointment more than your average human being. <laughs> you were talking about Chicago. They weren't exactly like... But again, I'm just saying maybe maybe as a Bills fan and just the way that I've lived my life, I'm more conditioned to have my heart broken than most. But there are a ton of games where we lost in the last second that I'm very upset about and I get sad about. But I don't ever... Like when Charles Clay didn't make the catch against Miami the first time we played them to win the game on the last play, no, I didn't wish you'd die. I don't want him on the football team next year, but that's different. <laughs> it just we we can move on and talk about about Philly if you want, but I just let's I no I that was just, good. I appreciated that, pal. That's yeah. a very good point. Yeah, 
I'm all for a good joke. I I like, yeah, but again, like, like all the bird box jokes right. where I put like Sandra's that, that face. That's funny. I get that. Yeah, that's but funny. I, it, there's, it's a totally different thing. That's not funny at all. So regardless, Philly, Philly. How about them? I was so ready for that fourth down call to be a play like that. Yeah? For Yeah, I was ready. And they kind of ran a similar for the two-point conversion that they didn't get. Which they should have. They ran the same formation. And it, it, looks like he clo- it looked like he it crossed the goal line. But, it was good. But regardless, I... That could have been my rant about yeah. a lot of the terrible, a lot yeah, of the terrible were, officiating. There were some bad calls. Especially in the, in the Baltimore-LA game, there was yeah. two touchdowns called back for the Chargers that were touchdowns. Luckily, they ended up scoring on that drive. But still... Uh, anyways, we won't get into that right now. Don't yeah, but again, I mean, Philadelphia. Philly. And what's, what's really funny is... What a bold call that was for the two-point conversion. I know. Actually, I don't know the other one you're referring to. No, I no, can't no, remember no. it. What do you mean? Like, I can only think of the one-trick two-point conversion play, where, like, Nick Foles, like, walked up and they threw a snap. That was, and, the, that was the two-point conversion at the end of the game. Yeah. Well, then you said, they were like, oh, and then they did a similar play. I don't remember the first play. No, 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 no. I'm saying that... I said I wanted the fourth down call to be Philly oh, Philly okay, okay. when he threw it to Golden okay. Tate, but that yeah, the they only point, had one trick, point. right? Okay, and the two point conversion only, was similar. to Like Philly I was watching Philly. that very yeah. intently. No, but uh, yeah, I mean, what's what's crazy is the, the Eagles organization came out and said Carson Wentz is our quarterback. I know, and that we're moving on from Nick Foles. I know, I, we've been talking about it, and I. What's funny is that I we're in the minority. Oh, for sure. We're, I, I don't think there are many people who who think the way we do on this, but. I don't think I almost, you thought that way at first. I did the first. I almost wish that I still was on the Carson Wentz train because I almost wish for the debate we could have it. But I just again, <laughs> I can have it for funs and spirits. But excuse me, uh, again, I it's just uncanny because also he Nick Foles didn't have a good Nick Foles had a pretty subpar game Mediocre. up until the fourth quarter where he went off for like one fifty and two oh, touchdowns. In the, until the fourth quarter, he was having a bad game. And then in the fourth quarter, he had. Almost a perfect – in the fourth quarter, if that was just all his stats for the game, it was a great game. Yeah. So I, I just – the team believes in <laughs> And that's ultimately – and I know I've already talked about this and we don't need to beat it over its head, yeah. especially for not debating. But that is the number – I don't understand why people aren't caring about that. Yeah. I don't understand why this team has just something about St. Nick's magic and they gel and they work together, yeah. and especially a key crucial moment. Right. And – I love Carson Wentz. I want Nick Foles to stay in Philly so Miami will trade for Carson Wentz. (laughs) That's my dream scenario, and obviously it won't happen. But everyone's like, yeah, like even if he goes and if Nick Foles goes and wins the Super Bowl and he says Super Bowl MVP, it's not going to be hard to trade that guy. I was like, but why do you want to trade that guy? Like, this guy has brought you the only two Super Bowl titles you're. City has ever had. If they win again. Yeah, we're playing out the scenario that if they do win. And you don't care about that, and I just don't understand. I mean, like, right. I love Carson Wentz, but he, other than 13, is it 13 games, it or is it 12 that he played last year? Yeah. 13, 12, 13 games where he had great MVP-like status. He's done nothing yeah. for your team. Like, I love him, and I feel like he's a great leader, and he's a great person. I love the support he gives Nick Foles, especially. Oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. like, that has to be extremely difficult. Oh, that has to be hard. But Nick Foles has done more for you than any quarterback nope. since Donovan McNabb, and yeah. he's done more. He's done more he's than McNabb because so, he did it. So I, you're right. I'm, I'm with you on it. We don't have to be it over, over. But it, it's going to be really fun to see Oh, I mean, well, what actually, he does end up doing. I mean, if they win this weekend, I just I, – I will lose my mind. <laughs> I will lose my mind. It, that's if, – if the Saints were going to go down, if my preseason pick from the very start of the Super Bowl was going to go down, 
that's the way I would want it to go down. Oh, yeah, to well, a story and a guy like right. Foles. You know what yeah. I mean? I'd be able, I'd be able to sit back and say, what? Well, you know what? You can't beat that magic. It's just that's all it is. It was so funny because uh, what my favorite sports reporter, Mita Kimes. She's hysterical on Twitter. I mean, she, we just need to, You've talked about her like every week for the past six weeks. I think we just need to get her on the show. Okay, Mina Kimes. Do you want to be on the show? I'll, ta- I'll tag her on my next one. Yeah. She tweeted right after the game was over. She said, "There is no natural law, no universal truth, no deity in this universe more powerful than Nicholas Edward Foles." Hey, <laughs> it's just—it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Did you hear about the crazy? light thing that happened in new york no <laughs> uh i think this was after i mean it was before wildcard weekend i don't know if it was before week 17 i think it was after philly officially got in yeah. the playoffs though there was a very strange light anomaly that happened in new york and the government came oh the out. green yeah light and stuff and they came out and said it was like Wait, there was no real answer to it no the, i mean the government came out it's like there was a at the power Plant. And isn't that always like the weird thing? It's the power plant that blew up. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, isn't that strange? I mean, like the light or the sky just glows green. <laughs> Philadelphia green. There's just something in the something in the universe. God is a Nick Foles fan. <laughs> <laughs> Saint Nick, man. Um, that's incredible, though. I yeah, oof, crazy. Anyway, uh, so I mean, this gets lead into the the crazy weekend that it was. We can talk about things that that stood out to us. Yeah. Uh, my first one is. Also doubling as a crushing it, okay? Because we haven't done that in a while. Love it. But my crushing it goes to the to the Colts' dominance up front, okay? And and especially their defense. And I I just I need to shout this out because it is so. This happened first of all when when up front line play is incredible. I feel like your your above average fans pay attention to it and will point it out. But most fans never talk about line play. Okay. But every analyst the whole weekend was like that. Col- the Colts up front, offense, defense, and it just goes to show that you don't build outside in on your team. You build inside out from the line out to the skill positions, and it's ironic because the Texans' offense was built outside in. They okay. got their targets, they got their quarterback, they got their running backs, and then they threw together an offensive line. The Colts decided to put together an offensive line and then fill in pieces at, at wide receiver and then draft. Which oh, they're Armand still trying. Which they're still trying to do, but there's a difference. You, you see right. clearly the difference of an Andrew Luck that has the line protection and a Marlon Mack that has the run blocking versus when they don't. And it's just incredible. And I really want to point out this Colts defense, which was insane. Uh, it, it's just it's incredible. And I want to, I want to tip the cap. To the eleven starters on the on this Colts defense because some of them are names people may not know. Yeah. Uh, but I want to. I'm just going to give a shout out to these eleven guys: Danico Autry, Jabal Sheard, Al Quadine Muhammad, that's and Mar and Margus Hunt. Those oh, Margus Hunt. Mar- Margus Hunt. For those who don't know, was in our very first Madden franchise. <laughs> Josh turned him into just a machine <laughs> on defensive end. He had like 20 sacks one season. It was unbelievable. But regardless, that's their six, front eight. That's six nine. He's six like eight. That. Yeah, that's their front four. Then their linebackers: Anthony Walker, Darius Leonard, and Zaire Franklin. Their safeties: Kenny Moore and Pierre Desir. And then, or those are the, their two corners. And then their safeties: Clayton Gathers and Malik Hooker. Uh, just Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator of the Colts, who honestly great weekend for the Colts to not only have that dominance but not lose your 
coordinator to head, to a head coaching position, which he was linked to, to jobs like the Browns, and, and maybe maybe he gets interviewed in Cincy or uh, Miami at some point. But regardless, um, just I gotta give a credit to them because they were they were phenomenal over the weekend, and a big reason why I think that the Chiefs ought to be sweating it for Saturday. I agree. Yeah, I agree 100% with that, but we'll talk about picking the games and whatnot later. Yeah, it's, it's a really great point, and I think it was abundantly clear that Indy knew that's what they needed to do. Yeah. They knew they had, which is kind of funny saying this after Peyton Manning was there, but a once-in-a-lifetime player in Andrew Luck, and they needed him. They knew what they were with him compared to when they didn't have him, yeah. so they knew and they really invested in that O-line. But I think that defensive line that you were talking about, I think bringing in Jabal Sheard, yeah. I can't remember where he played before. Jabal Sheard played in Cleveland, and he also played in New England. Okay, I knew him from the he's New a, England. He's a big story. He was a big story because in Cleveland, he was a practice squad player who was incredible in the preseason, and then he was signed by New England and became a, a okay. name. But I, I really like him. Um, I love their secondary, actually. Oh, yeah. Like, that's a secondary people aren't talking about, but I loved Hooker coming out of Ohio State. Yep. And I Gathers has really come on this year. And I think, like you said, I mean, tip the cap to Ebro Flues for bringing yeah. out the potential of a defense that people people probably still don't know their names. Right. But Indy, Indy's a scary football team, not only for this playoffs, but – in the future because they have all this put into place. They have nine draft picks next year, $100 million in cap space. Isn't that the most cap space the in the league? The most cap space in the league. And they get to keep their head – they get the, the they have their head coach in place in, in Frank Reich, and they, they get to keep their defensive coordinator in, in Matt Eberflus. And they get that all together again for next year with a complete reload, a full clip yeah. to head into free agency and, and the draft. It's, it's insane. They're a terrifying football team. Yeah. So – I dig, I dig it. Anything that stood out to you? Um, I'm just going to talk real fast. I want to talk too much about it, but just, I will use the word dominance okay. of the LA Chargers defense. Okay, that was, my, that was actually my other one, so I'm glad you said that. Yeah, I mean, and I talked about it earlier, and we talked about it last week, but how they, how they corralled Lamar Jackson, and that's not an easy guy to corral, right. and we know that, but I think there was a lot of that went into it, I think. Uh, Anthony Lynn and their defensive coordinator, uh, Brad uh, uh, Gus Bradley, Gus Bradley, yeah, uh, former just head coach, did a great Jets. job of coming in there and making that game plan what it, they wanted to do. So they really dictated for fifty minutes of yeah. football. Yeah, and I think that's going to be huge going into New England yep. this week, um, which I'm just really, really excited how, about that game. I mean, we're going to talk about, but how awesome is it? The only undefeated team at home. Versus the undefeated team on the road. They're te- they are 7-1. Are, are they 7-1? Yes. What, 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 what did, was the one loss? Did uh, Los Angeles. They were in their home stadium, but... Oh, okay. Yeah, they lost okay. to the Rams. Okay. But still, the, the best team on the road versus the best team at home yes. in the NFL. That's and awesome. And it's going to be really good. It's I'm... From when I, I've been looking at, like, Vegas odds and whatnot, like, this is, like the one game that like Vegas is most unsure of, which I find yeah. really interesting because I feel like obviously Vegas is extremely smart yeah. and they're not always losing money and whatnot. I mean, they're doing it on purpose. They're doing it. They do, they do it on purpose. So that's people bet. You know what I mean? Right. But I just feel like they'd be like, it's new England right? in new England. Yeah. Like, I feel like 
they wouldn't think the Chargers have the best odds. Are you saying of, this? Are you saying this because you went to go bet on this game because you wanted to bet? This game? Yeah, I, this is a game where because I feel extremely <laughs> confident in the Chargers. And, I will say this because this is something that I wanted because I have this about what stood out to me too about the Chargers is the way they play their defense. And there are so, there are a lot of analysts who are pointing this out, but there were times in that game where they played with seven defensive backs because they played the defensive backs at linebacker instead of their linebackers. Yeah, and Derwin James playing linebacker was terrorizing the Ravens' offense. He was in the backfield all the time. He was tackling Lamar every time he tried to run out. He was getting Gus Edwards down. It's just, I am so confident in that. And we're again, we're going to get to these picks, and we're tipping our hats here on these picks. But <laughs> again, it's just Gus Bradley and Anthony Lynn put, put together an amazing defensive strategy against them. And now that they're, they're at full strength here on defense, and they haven't been that way for a while, and that is scary for any offense. And honestly, I feel like the Ravens' offense is harder to game plan against than the the, the Patriots' offense. But I agree with that. But so I mean, again, it's just that absolutely stood out to me as well. So, anything else you wanna before we get to some coaches? I will just say this. I could say this at the end of the show, but um, it connects kind of a we can make this a bigger than football moment okay uh, about the Chargers how Brandon uh, Mebane is that how you pronounce his name yeah it is Mebane yes yeah. um, he's coming back for the first yeah. time in about two months and he's gonna be in New England with his team playing the defensive tackle position which I think not that they were struggling but, but that's an area adding think, a piece yeah. another good piece like him well because I mean they I mean Corey legit is good. He was hurt, wasn't he? But I was gonna say, but he 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 was hurt. Too. I don't know if he played I last think, week. No, I think he's on IR. But also, like th- their strength of the line is Bosa and Ingram who come on the outside. Mm-hmm. They need a push up the middle. So, but again, he. But um, his daughter passed away. Um, she was going through uh, difficulties. I don't. Again, whenever I talk about medical things, basically one of her chromosomes was not form properly and it created difficulties i mean it had been struggling since she was born yeah. uh late last year but she did pass away so obviously our thoughts and prayers out to brandon mebane's family and and everything but pretty incredible that he's gonna be coming back to to play in this game to be with his on the field family yeah and uh, for the first time in in quite some time and most fans of sports respect that and understand why players make that choice. I mean, think about when IT or Isaiah Thomas with the Boston Celtics went and played in the playoffs. Yeah. After his sister, after his sister passed away. So like you think about all those sorts of stories, uh, you know, Brett Favre playing on Monday night after his father passed away, throwing four touchdowns. But you talk about all these moments and most fans of football get it. A lot of people on the outside don't. And they're, and they, they often look at it and are very confused and think, why are you thinking about a, a silly sport at this time? But people don't fully understand that you're what, I love what you said. They're like, that's his family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those guys were there for him. And you it is unquantifiable the level of passion and fire that guy's gonna play with this weekend and that everybody else around him is gonna rally around. And, you know, again, we're gonna talk about this picks later, but I'm gonna find it really hard to pick against that on top of being one of the most talented teams in the league against a team that's done it so many other times. So what do they have to play for? You know, right. It's just, I think about this and this obviously isn't the reason why, but think about 
what it's going to be like in that locker room oh, as his yeah. teammates are there. You're like, welcome back. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being here. Let's do it. But this is motivation yeah. for them. Yeah. And there are probably instances of which I don't know, but think of those examples you just said. A lot of times when this happens, something really big happens for that player, and they yeah. make it a dedication. Yeah. Think about Brett Favre, Brett Favre on that four, four touchdowns. touchdowns dedicated to his dad. We I, talked earlier Isaiah this Thomas year. Isaiah Thomas in that seven-game series pushed it to six games when they thought they were going to be swept. You know, like We talked last year about Marquise Goodwin oh, after absolutely. He, he lost his child. Fell to his knees. Yeah, we talked about that uh, beginning of the year. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just hoping that Brandon Heath just go get a strip sack or oh, yeah, something. I, hope, it, I and, hope so too. You know, and just dedicate that moment that and so it's awesome. Yeah. That is bigger than football. I'm glad you said that. We haven't had one in a while, but So let's talk about some coaches real fast. Yeah. So obviously we didn't talk about coaches last week right. following Black Monday, but eight, there was a lot to talk about. There was about, just so much yeah. and but we're gonna talk about it here. Eight NFL head coaches six positions filled. were fired last week. That's the most since 2013. Yeah. Six have been filled. There's only two remaining vacancies, the Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Miami has some of the things two that they're... <laughs> and you kind of wonder why those openings are still there. Yeah, so I haven't heard anything about Cincinnati no, I, I've... whatsoever. I've heard like a few like dark horses, but people are like, I think just... Yesing at this point, right. and we've seen we've seen names tied to Miami. And again, I was listening to the radio this morning, and I heard that they were waiting out, hoping that they get a, a, a Patriots staff member, maybe Brian Flores, the, the DC, which again we talked about. I think is a mistake, but yeah, I would so so. I guess the way we could talk about this is is what what what's your best hire right now of the six that have been that have hired already? What's your slam dunk? I love it. It's perfect. Well, I think it's hard to argue against Tampa. Okay. I think it's yeah, hard okay. to argue against, okay. against bringing Bruce Arians, but I think what tips it even farther is that he has brought on staff. Oh, but that's already so established. His staff he brought is a back superstar staff. Brought back Todd Bowles, yeah. who worked magic in Arizona, that helped get him that uh, position in New York. Bringing in Byron Leftwich, who yeah. after he took over in Arizona, obviously didn't necessarily translate to wins, but that offense right. started clicking oh, a little bit better. I love and, and whatnot. So bringing him back in, it's Bruce Arians was just officially um, introduced this afternoon, and yep. so he had his press conference, and I, I was listening to it during during work and whatnot while I was on the road, and he's saying this is not going to be a long-term project this is a quick turnaround this team has it and i think that's completely true i, I mean, think you look at the talent they, they have, have a ton of defensive pieces they do they, do. they just I, didn't live up to it they need some depth on defense without a doubt but you're right they do i mean they have pieces everywhere in bruce arians obviously so i think that's going to be hard to argue against being one I'm, of the better i'm glad choices. you said that because i wouldn't have said tampa really i also I, i'm so conflicted about tampa because i love arians and i love bulls and i love the whole staff it's but Arians is completely hitched to Jameis. Oh, he and, said this is he his said, team. And he said Jameis is his guy. So, I mean, I just <laughs> again, what's just so weird for me because I love a redemption story. It's just, and I will we will move on from this real quick because we talk about this too much. But for me, <laughs> the reason that I don't see it as a redemption story is because I've never seen Jameis have any remorse for anything he's done. That's fair. big for me. That's but regardless, fair. For, from someone who never lets him move on from the, himself, uh, from someone who I don't let myself move on from the remorse phase. I like to see somebody at least have a little bit of it, regardless. <laughs> Honestly, a little therapy session. And I've I've thought about this for a while, and I, you're gonna I think you're gonna be shocked, but my slam dunk hire is the Green Bay Packers. Tell me why. I love 
the hire of Matt LaFleur. I think it's incredible. And and I thought about it for a while because we talked about this and you were a little bit on the edge about it because you. I remember we talked. You said if you were going to go offense, you wanted McDaniels. And again, that's who, that's who I wanted to start. Yeah. But I'm looking at this and I'm thinking about it more and more. The guy's 39 years old. Mm-hmm. So he's almost the same age as Aaron. He's like three or four Aaron years older. Aaron is 35. So he's, he's five years older than Aaron Rodgers. And at first, you might think that that's a disadvantage because you want a guy that respects. But and I know that, that the Titans' offense struggled a little bit last year to start off, but they caught fire to the end. And also, you know, they had injuries at quarterback, they had injuries at running back, at receiver, all over the place. Yeah. So, so that's tough to, as a play caller. It's just I think a 39-year-old offensive guru. Of Matt Lafleur and and, and, I, and I, we we joke all the time. We've been joking lately about the Sean McVay tree. And yeah. About, oh, he shook hands with Sean McVay. Give him a, give him a four year contract. Right. But it's just the way McVay talked about him, and not just McVay, but the way I mean Peter Schrager on Good Morning Football, our favorite football show, was talking about this. And he said, "I met with I met with Lafleur a couple times, and he's just he's the smartest guy in the room when you walk in there." And he was like, "When I used to, because he sometimes calls Rams games, and." He said, I would sit in that room, and he said he would sit there and match mind for mind with, with Sean McVay, and they would challenge each other. It wasn't McVay saying, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. It was they would battle and figure out the best thing, and he said that, you know, LaFleur is going to challenge Aaron Rodgers. He needed to make him better, and the idea of thinking about Aaron Rodgers getting better is insane. I just, I think it's a slam dunk. I just, I think that he's going to put together a strong staff. He's already put in some some in place. And I just I think they're gonna they're gonna get some some depth at offensive line in the draft. They're hopefully gonna go out and get maybe a piece or two on defense and just regroup next year. And I think the Green Bay Packers are gonna come out swinging next year. I just I, I think it's gonna be unreal. And I, I, to me, it took me what's funny is it took me a second to say them because at first I wouldn't have said them. I would have been like, oh, that's a good hire. But just after I've thought about it and I, everything I've read about the guy, everything I've read about his colleagues who talk about him. And obviously most <laughs> of the time co- colleagues are always like, Oh, he's great. And then we're like, Ooh, he's not that good. <laughs> I don't know why they did that. Right. But, uh, I just, I think it's a slam dunk for the Packers. And I think that, you know, him and Aaron Rodgers are going to, are going to do it. And I, and another, another thing that nobody's going to really talk about that much is that I think LaFleur is going to get a quarterback either in the draft or, you know, or wherever in the next couple of years. To, to put behind A-Rod, to groom for the future. Yeah. And I believe in him to do that more than any other coach that they would have hired. Yeah, that's a good point. There's a, a few things I could say about this. Um, when thinking about it, because obviously, obviously you text me when the news broke, and I, was, yeah. and I told you, I was like, well, that was my secondary, like my second offensive-minded right. coach behind McDaniels if they were going to do that. There still isn't really any concrete reason as to why they didn't hire Josh McDaniels. Yeah, we talked about it. And I, I oh, I'm glad I said this too because I liked your point that you're. That I you're theorized when this. we talked about it at work. I think when they interviewed Josh McDaniels, he said along the lines he wanted too much power. I think he wanted to be in charge of the personnel and the players and all of those things. Where that's not how Green Bay does things operates. Yeah. I, they have Guten Guten Kent. I don't know how to say his name. I don't know what it's Brian name is. Goody. People <laughs> call him Goot. <laughs> in the press, which is Guten Kent is how I think you say it. But I mean, like they just 
hired him officially or promoted him, I guess I should say, last year. So they have their yeah. GM. They want their GM doing GM things. And so that is draft. the only thing I can think of. Yeah. That would be my primary reason as to why yeah. I mean, they didn't hire. It would make sense. Because McDaniels this year, was that was the only interview he did. He wanted the job. And after they said no, he's like, okay, then I'm staying it in just, New England. And you, that See, and the reason why that makes sense to me, what you just said, again, we're just speculating here. But what the reason that makes sense to me is because from everything McDaniels said and did, he wanted that job. Yeah, you right, I mean? yes. Because last year he took many interviews. He interviewed mm-hmm. over every job and then, and then backed out when he didn't feel well. But he wanted to go coach Aaron Rodgers. And he wanted to take that job. And I, there was something that didn't happen, whether it was too much power or contract or what. I don't, Green Bay, that wasn't their guy. And that's another reason why I think it's a slam dunk with LaFleur is that's who they wanted. Right. It's very clear. Because if McDaniels has wanted that job and they if, didn't if give they, it to them. If they didn't feel confident yeah. in LaFleur, they would have been like, okay, let's give McDaniels whatever he yeah, wants. Yeah, exactly. If they, and I just... You, what you said makes sense, absolutely, because it's because if, if that's the only job you interviewed for, and you said it was you weren't going to interview for it, you declined other interviews. Mm-hmm. It's the job you wanted, yeah. So, but regardless, I, I, I obviously that was the one I wanted for Green Bay too, because I lo- I wanted the story of McDaniel's gets Rogers and Belichick yeah. and Brady, but I think it's also very fascinating to think about and kind of compare him to. When Mike McCarthy first got there, yeah, McCarthy was that young gun, offensive mind guy where yeah. he was the offensive coordinator for San Francisco, and they didn't do well the year. Before. They were the thirty second ranked offense the year before he was hired. <laughs> so I mean, like we're we're talking about like oh, like the Tennessee offense didn't do anything. But I also talked to you about this earlier on in the week as well. I'm not sure that that was a great offensive coordinator hire. For Mike Vrabel. Yeah, that's right. You did say that. Because well, you, you talk about the Kyle Shanahan and the Sean McVay. They don't run those offenses. I think Mike Vrabel is more, we're going to be extremely physical, yeah. and we're going to play smash mouth football, and we're going to hit you in the mouth, and that's how we're going to make win. Where those two are more like, we're going to scheme the crap out of you. And I, again, I think it's a slam dunk. I'm happy for them. I think they're going to be great. I would have liked to see them have more time, because I think that... I think Are we talking that, about Tennessee now? Yes. Okay. Uh, I keep almost saying Eberflus, the defensive coordinator for the Colts, but it, Matt LaFleur. It's just, I feel like him with Marcus Mariota and those running backs and those receivers would have been able to create a very incredibly dynamic offense. So I hope that... Well, going on, uh, I'm sorry. ...goes there is, is, is good, and especially because I feel bad for Marcus. It's his fifth year, and he's going to be on his fourth OC. Right, and that's, <laughs> that's something that does bum me out a little bit because... We haven't – I don't think we've been able to see what that offense can do because yeah. it's always changing, yeah. and that is difficult. And, like, you talk about them being professionals, and yeah. it's not like Marcus is a rookie anymore. Right. But this is – it's completely different language. You're yeah. learning different route running mechanisms with your wide receivers and everything. So that is very difficult. So yeah. you're right. It is a bummer for Marcus Mariota and the Titans offense to lose that continuity that we talk about and stress so very often. But again, I, I I like I like the point that you make, and and sort of to wrap up, and because we can also talk about coaches that we didn't think were that great. But I will say this: the last part that makes me feel good about Lafleur is that they are retaining Mike Pettin. Just say that. yes. That is a good. Like I said, that's I think that's important, especially because we talked about Vic Fangio being the the most important thing that the Bears did in the offseason yeah. when they hired Nagy. 
So and, and now there are three Macs and a Mike as head coaches in the NFC North, which I thought that was fun. But sort of to wrap up, I will say this. LaFleur was the quarterback's coach in Atlanta when Matt Ryan won MVP. Mm-hmm. He was the offensive coordinator with Sean McVay in L.A. when they went on their tear and turned around Jared Goff. And he was there with Marcus Moriota and Blaine Gabbert leading them to almost the playoff game. So he's been, he's been successful everywhere he's gone. Yeah. And in two of those three places, successful isn't even the right word because they were incredible. So... Now you get Aaron Rodgers better than all three of those quarterbacks. There we go. There or we go. John Blaine Gabbard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Blaine Gabbard, man. Anyway, so is there, a, uh, is there a coaching job that you kind of scratch your head about that you didn't really love? I mean, I don't know if there are any that I don't love. I mean, there are obviously ones with more questions than others. Uh-huh. I mean, we can talk about Arizona. Okay. But I think we can also talk about New York. Okay. And hiring Adam Gase. Uh-huh. And I know that news just broke last night. That was yeah. became official last night that they were hiring Adam Gase. And I, for one, am disappointed that they fired Adam Gase. I don't yeah. think we've talked about it since we... I don't know if we mentioned it either because I agree. Obviously, we talked about it on the way back, back about whether or not he would. We both thought it would be a mistake. Right. But the one thing about Adam Gase that is extremely evident is that he is um let mm, trying to think of like a nice word i don't know i'll say passionate i'll say that passionate in the way that he if you do him wrong he will come back and he will try everything in his power to destroy you (laughs) and i'm curious just how much uh, interviewing with the New York Jets had to do with I want to stick it to Miami. This is this is funny because we talked about this, and uh, <laughs> I want to tell people this because you texted me. You said Gase to the Jets. Well, that terrifies me. And I said, uh, I was like, Wow, Ugh, I don't want them getting better because I liked the hire. And you said he has shown a penchant for destroying the teams who screwed him. So basically, Miami is done. And I said, Revenge games. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who don't know, whenever Josh and I play Madden. Which hasn't been in a while, and I'm very sad about it. But every time there's a random player who used to be on a team, we just yell "Revenge Game." <laughs> revenge games are real. Revenge games are real. Matt Dar had a hell of a game for Buffalo. Actually, that's not true. But regardless, because we were scoring touchdowns too often. Um, yep. Anyways. But yeah, you're right. I mean, he has shown shown a. But the even more than that, though. So we talk about and we talked about throughout the course of this year, like Adam Gase guys and how he's to change that locker room. I think he definitely needs to open his mind more than he did in Miami. He can't just go and try to retool the Jets locker room the way he did in Miami. Well, I think he'll get killed in New York media too. Yeah, I mean, and that's another thing is like he is uh, kind of arrogant with with his thought process and talking to the media, and that will definitely be a change versus Miami, where you know that wasn't people were like, uh, but New York, that's a Cutthroat place for the media. And... I will. I will say this though, I, and and I was so on Gase's Gase's side. He's twenty and six in games that are decided by one possession or less, and he coached Tim Tebow to a playoff victory. <laughs> he, I, I, I don't know if it was a division title. Or, no, it was wild card. No, was they it? won the wild card. Yeah, but Pittsburgh. was it in Denver or in Pittsburgh? No, it was in Pittsburgh. Was because they were a wild card team that okay. year. I think they were a six seed. But regardless. He coached Tim Tebow to a playoff berth and victory. He coached Peyton Manning to an MVP record-breaking season. 
he coached Ryan Tannehill. And when Ryan Tannehill was healthy for the Dolphins for the majority of the season, he coached them to a playoff game. So every time he has had pieces that were healthy in there, he's been successful. So you give him a young, healthy Sam Darnold and a Jets offense that already has weapons, and they're talking about trading for Antonio Brown. I mean, it's, and th- that team could get scary good real quick. Yeah. So, which is off, which is why I don't like the hire because I don't. I like I. We talked about. It, I said <laughs> I want I want New York and Miami and rebuilding years for the next couple of years so that we can take the division because we're ready for it. That rant's coming when we get to the off season. Don't worry, that rant is coming. Yikes! But regardless, I just you're right. I, that's I like the hire. I like the hire too. But it definitely I, you you make a good could point. implode. You make a good point though, in that I don't think there are any head scratchers yet. All of them make sense to me. I mean, there are and, and I think there are good more fits. that have. And you could talk you could talk about Cliff Kingsbury in in Arizona, but I think it's a great hire for them with a young quarterback. What's also funny is, and I don't think they're going to do this because they have Rosen, but they. I was listening to it on the radio when I was heading over here after the gym. I remember he said it was so funny. They pulled up a, a, a clip of him talking about Kyler Murray, who declared for the NFL draft today. Yeah. They were talking about Kyler Murray, and they played a, a clip from when he played Oklahoma this year, and he was just going off on how great Kyler Murray was, and he said four different times, I would take him number one overall if I had that pick. <laughs> and here he is in Arizona with the number one overall pick in the draft, and Kyler Murray just declared. I just think it's hysterical. <laughs> I'll take Josh Rosen. I mean, t- I'll- I don't even like Josh Rosen that much. I'll take him. <laughs> I think out of the five, Josh Rosen's going to be the bust. But I disagree. But regardless, um, I swear to God, if you say it's Josh Allen, I'm quitting the show. Wow. I'm not going to say anybody's a bust. Oh, okay. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Mason Rudolph. Just kidding. I, think I don't even know I why, why are you like clubbing him in that. Who? Mason Rudolph. He was a third-round pick. No, I know. I just <laughs> I was saying that because you were like, I don't think any of them. I don't think any. I I I don't think that Josh Rosen is going to be a bust. I just don't think he's going to be as good as the other four. Okay. So, how do you feel? This was going to be a cold read. Well, but... that's what's next on our schedule. Oh, is it? Yeah, I don't have anything else unless you want to talk. Oh, about Oh, I thought we were going like, we to talk about the games, don't we? I mean, we've talked about a lot of the games. We haven't talked about any of the upcoming games. Oh, the upcoming games. So I thought, well, we're going to do that when we do playoffs. Oh, okay, picks, okay, you know okay. I mean? Um. Okay, so. How do you feel, slash why, did the Cleveland Browns not retain Greg Williams? Yeah, that was interesting. I, I and I say interesting knowing our history with that word. <laughs> but I, I, because I, when I saw the news, and you, you, I remember you came back from a delivery yesterday, you said, Freddie Kitchens in Cleveland, and I was like, what? Uh, and then it was confirmed later last night. First of all, I, I really love the hire. I don't. I'm not opposed. I like. I like. I like. I like elevating your offensive coordinator who who unlocked Baker last Work year. Magic. I like. Yeah. I like keeping that intact together. Mm-hmm. But I don't get why it seems that because according to them, their second option was the coordinator from Minnesota. Yeah, which I also thought was not strange. Greg Williams. So. Which is confusing to me. I mean, I understand people's hesitation to give Greg Williams a job, and he's interviewing in, in New York and um, Denver, too, I believe, to be a defensive coordinator. But, yeah, I... That was my second favorite head coach. Vic Fangio. Yes. I'm glad. A mix, a mi- amongst all the young 
hot shots. It was nice to see. I said this to you. Yeah. An elder statesman get it because Vic I think Fangio's he's going to work. Guy and a I think he's going to work magic with that. That'll defense. be very. It, well, I mean, it, hopefully he gets a quarterback. Who is it? But yeah, I I like the hire. I'm just a little surprised that they didn't even tr- try to retain Williams. But I will. Which say, makes me think. I'm sorry, but it makes me think it had to have been his decision. Yeah, that and also I think that at that point, when you have two coordinators who, and obviously Greg Williams was the interim head coach, but the two of them took over the team together when Jackson was fired. But I will say this. I think it would have been really hard on Williams to be the defensive court to to have been elevated to interim and then sort of demoted back down to DC again in the yeah. same spot. Even though he loves those guys and he did wonders with that defense. Yeah. So it'll be big to see who who Cleveland gets as their defensive coordinator. But you're right, that was a little bit of a head scratcher to me. Yeah, I I understand, and I feel like it is purely emotional. Yeah. Those those difficult things you were talking about, that's very, very true, and yeah. it's a great point, and I feel like that has to be it, because you let go of one of the key pieces that made you one of the amazing stories of this football year. Yeah. And there are so many people that after the Freddie Kitchens thing was announced, everybody on the internet, because obviously we're talking about people on the internet today and how they're <laughs> intelligent and whatnot, but they're like, oh, the Browns just being the Browns again, and oh, I thought they were good, but they're not. Well, I don't believe that because I think this may have been, this was, I'll, I'll use this analogy. We talk about Belichick getting rid of a guy a year too soon versus a year too late. I think Cleveland hired a guy a year too soon because they knew next year was going to be a heck of a more competition That's fair. to get him. I like that. I like that comment. Because I feel like he probably should have stayed in OC, but they were going to find such success that a lot of teams would be like, oh, we want this guy now. I, so I like that. That's a good point. Um, yeah. My other cold read for you, and you kind of alluded to it uh, a moment ago, the Antonio Brown situation. Because yeah. I feel like it's only escalated a little bit. Uh, the owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Art Rooney second came out and was talking about it. He said it'd be very surprising if Antonio was with the team when OTA started. Yeah. And that's a big statement. Yeah. That's your owner, man. I I keep wanting to... That wasn't to even s- a question. I, but keep, how, yeah, I, mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to be like, yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 I talked about saving this to make a bold prediction for next year. Okay. But I'm just going to say it right now. First of all, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell are not going to be on the Steelers next year. No, neither team. But the Browns going to be traded, and whether it's a sign and trade for Bell or just a walk away, both of those guys are gone. Cleveland has Freddie Kitchens and Baker. The Steelers are done, and Cleveland is going to win the division next year. I, I just we can mark this time step and save it. The Cleveland Browns are winning the division next year, and the Steelers hopefully can keep it together to be competitive because they still have great talent on defense and and you hope a guy you hope a guy in Ryan Shazier comes back next year and you know they're not I don't want to say they're not going to lose much because people say AB is one of the best if not the best in the league at wide receiver but you have a guy in Juju who's a number one and you have a, a younger guy in James Washington. I don't love think James he, Washington. He wasn't used enough this year. Obviously, he started coming on near the end of the year. But he started coming off of the, in, at the end of the year, and I think that, that that tandem is great. 
And then, you know, you st- you have James Conner, then you have a guy in Jalen Samuels who's able to spell him, and then you have Vance McDonald and Jesse James. So they still have all these weapons. So then I fall off and be into obscurity. It's just this team has fallen apart at the end of this year, and they will, it's only going to get worse before it can get better because I think AB is going to be traded in the first week of free agency. Yeah. And it'll be really fun to see what happens. Yeah. With that. So, so yeah, I think that. Okay. I have two cold reads for you. All right. My first one. Uh, oh, I want to pull this up because uh, oh, our, our buddy from the show, Mike Nikas, and I had a little uh, guffaw over Twitter oh. about this over the weekend because he was talking about Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Sorry. I didn't forget their name. But... Um... <laughs> Uh, I want to find the tweet before I go into this because I want to read it first. Um, you need to take a timeout? Uh, I thought I was almost there. Well, we're taking a timeout. So just in case you guys are wondering, God. Adam had a loud and boisterous laugh with Mike about the Cowboys or a guffaw. Why is just this, so we're aware. Why is this show just you trying to find ways to tear down? You tear down me for saying interesting all the time. First of all, you're the one who started that. <laughs> I, just uh, I don't the think I did not start it. You're the one who's like, we're gonna pull we were, up a and list. You were in the of... car and you said, I say interesting too much, and I said, let's pull up a list. Well, yeah, I so was. So I jumped on the bandwagon. I was addressing the things I needed to improve. You're the one upon. who paused it to look it up. You're right. That was one of the reasons, <laughs> but you were also not ready. Anyway, our friend Mike <laughs> tweeted, "I can only name eight to ten quarterbacks I would take over Dak Prescott." And five of them will be out of the league in the next five years. Brady, Rodgers, Breeze, Rivers, Big Ben. Okay. So, the, so the other five that he would name are Pat Mahomes, Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson. He said Jared Goff, but he, he wouldn't take Goff, but he said it's close. Carson Wentz, who he said he wouldn't take, but it's still close. Okay. And I said, this deserves discussing. Because <laughs> I don't agree with that at all. Or a guffaw. Yes. Sure. <laughs> that was a mini guffaw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but regardless, my cold read is where do you rank Dak Prescott, and can you can you pick more than ten quarterbacks that you take over? <laughs> uh, you maybe do these list things. So you don't often. have to do the list. I'm just saying that I, I want you. I, where where does he rank? Yeah, in your I opinion? mean, Jared. Go- I mean, Jared Goff. Yeah, Dak Prescott. Jared Goff. <laughs> he's definitely in the upper half. Okay. Um, so you're saying he's top fifteen. Yeah. Oh, I guess sixteen would be half. Yeah, I would say I would say he's in the, I would say twelve to eighteen range. Okay. Probably. Okay. This is hard without like thinking about it. All right. All. So so well the five the the five veterans that he named Breeze, Rivers, Brady, Big Ben, and uh, yep. Who am I missing? Rogers. Those are the big five that he named. I would take those guys so those over are them. Five. And then the other guys he named, let's go through I this. would take Carson Wentz over Dak. So you say Carson Wentz is six. What about Luck? I would take Andrew you Luck. Take of course Luck. I would. That's seven. Pat Mahomes? Yeah. So that's... Because I feel like he's okay. he's all of yeah. the strengths of Dak, just yeah. a, a little bit more. That's eight. Uh, you said, did you say Goff? I haven't said Goff, but... Would you take Goff over Dak Prescott? I'll put him in the same class right now. I won't say if I would take him over him. I would not. At the moment. Wentz, did you say Wentz? I, I would take Wentz. All right. How is Russell Wilson not on this list? So that's, I said Russell too, and then he said, oh, I forgot about Russell. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously Russell Wilson, you had to have him but, on the list. Um, so uh, you're saying Russell, right? Yeah. 
Okay, that's nine. What about? See, this is a biased question. So is it, is it? Is it? Hang on, hang on. I need to readdress <laughs> the question. Okay. Is this where they rank, or where I would? Who I'd rather have? Cause no, it's that's the, a different because you, you know who I how I value the quarterback. Where do you rank them? I mean, I would. So you're, so you're having all these guys. When I say who would you take, it's more just like like if I'm having a team and no, I have to pick a quarterback. No, I'm not gonna say it. I don't want to say it like that. I'm gonna say who you rank, how you rank it, because I know that yours is always gonna be different. Right. So so we're at, we had nine quarterbacks that you think are are that you think are ranked above Dak Prescott. I mean, I think Matt Ryan has done a so lot more to warrant Matt that. Ryan. Yeah. You wish are you we're including Russell Wilson, right? I'm including so Russell 11. Wilson. That's 11. Um what I about would, Cam Newton. Cam Newton. That's 12. Uh I might Oh, see, never mind. I don't know if I can do that. What? I'm thinking about like my own personal self. I would take Jimmy Garoppolo over Dak. Okay, okay. Because I that's how I so operate as quarterback. Around 13. Well, I'm also looking at uh, what about Baker Mayfield? That that would be an interesting question. Yeah, that would be an interesting question. I don't know if I can rank him above Dak right, right now, right. but if I'm well, I mean, the, the question but if is, I'm playing dodgeball with my quarterbacks, I probably <laughs> would take Baker. But also, over. but also, if you're talking about you would take or you would take, but you if you if we're going to rank Jimmy Garoppolo above it, why wouldn't you? Baker Mayfield has a bigger resume than Jimmy Garoppolo does. I mean, you're not you're <laughs> not wrong. Um, I what I like out of Jimmy. And see again, this is just so difficult because I'm now I'm thinking about like what you. I like his intelligence. I, I've seen I mean, the way he maneuvers. I will, nothing taking can't take any of that yeah, against, against Dak. But. I will say though that Mike, the original tweet, Mike said, I would take or I I would. There are only ten that I would take over, so it's him. Okay. So, but regardless, we're we're looking at he, Dak at fourteen or fifteen right now. Yeah. In our conversation here, and so you know he. I, Mike, I know you're listening. I'm sorry. We're not like hounding on you. I just thought it was a nice stepping off point to have a conversation about. <laughs> but because I mean, I I love Dak Prescott. I love what he's done. I just think that there are other guys who deserve that respect over that right now. No, even I think though, even though Dak has been great, and you know, for Week 17 in that wild card game, to if you're just taking those two games, you're right. He might be a top ten quarterback from those just two games. Crushed it. But uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I'm. I'm. I'm you you have him about right where I would have him too, so I don't. Yeah, cool, cool. Anyway, next question is also about quarterbacks. Love my quarterbacks in the AFC playoff picture. Okay, which quarterback is the worst that's left? In the AFC. Yep. In the AFC. <laughs> Are you trying to bait me into this question? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> luck. It's luck. Mahomes, Rivers, and Brady. It's Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. And we're somebody, saying that right now. Somebody tweeted this, and and we I thought about it, and I said it has to be Brady, right? And we're only looking at the body. Well, of, it's right now, yeah. Right now. Yeah. You, if we're looking at total bodies of work, obviously Tom Brady's the best. Right. But we've detailed it so often, so many times, that you've pounded your fist on the table and you freaked out and you ranted and raved and recalled and all of the above. Tom Brady is not what Tom Brady has been. When I wrote this question, I was like, I hope people will roll their eyes when I bring up again a conversation about Tom Brady not being as good as you think he is. But that's the thing, and that's a reason why I don't have a great long answer for that's that. Fine. Because, I mean, that's obviously, I mean, and I did, because I will take I mean I love Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck is my number one right, right now. Right. In that in that list. And I love how Philip Rivers has, be has close, come but on. Right, I, would take him too. I would take him over Pat Mahomes. Because it's a more proven I take Pat Mahomes third. Oh, okay. 
thought weird. Okay, well, I mean, <laughs> I love everything. I've been on the Philip Rivers bandwagon since like week two, and I love the way love he's that. rallying the team. But yeah, all right, all right, love it. So it's time for playoff pals picks. You could do the whole thing. What? Oh yeah. <laughs> I was so confused. I thought you were going to say Pals picks, and I was going to say, oh, yeah, and then I was going to be like, playoffs. Oh. Well, that's and fine. We have different themes. Miscommunication. Songs. Different themes. That's, right. the... that's all right. Different strokes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my second favorite piece of audio we've recorded. <laughs> okay, let's get professional. Yeah, let's do it. So Josh went three and one, and I went one and three. That's okay. And then Josh came up with. Really yeah, so we have, a, we have he's a, two games ahead. We have a great bet. Great bet in place, and I'm really excited. We never agreed on this bet. It's going to happen anyways. It's a thing. You're going to say that I'm going to win. Yeah, that's fine. Then I will do it. I don't want <laughs> So anyways, we'll keep it between ourselves for now. Fine. We'll reveal it at the cool moment. All right. So you're 3-1. and I'm 1-3. We don't have to do, again, we don't have to do scores if you don't want to. I mean, I'll try. Okay. Um... All right. So. I have a strategy for not losing this. Oh, is I'm just going to pick the same games you do. Okay, you get the pick first. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the leader has to pick first. That's the rule. Okay. I'm going to win anyway. So, first game. Colts traveling in to Kansas City Arrowhead. Talk about it. Yeah, this um, is going to be a really, really fun game. Actually, I don't... Uh, again, we're, excuse me, treated to such a fun weekend of football because oh, I think yeah. all of them are going to be good. Oh, yeah match what we saw during wild card weekend so we get to start it out with uh, a duel of the two quarterbacks who combined for the most passing touchdowns uh this year yeah obviously pat mahomes had 50 andrew luck with a distant second at 39 which is just crazy <laughs> yeah. so even more accolades to pat mahomes and whatnot right. but it's gonna be a lot of fun and i will just say it right now i'm picking indy yeah. uh, i'm high on the indie bandwagon i love everything that you talked about how they're Defenses rolling and in the trenches. Kansas City has the second, or I should, I, maybe the statistics only true to the playoff teams right now, or maybe it's all year. I'm not sure, but we've all been down on their their defense throughout the course of the year. Everyone's like, oh, their defense is so bad, but when they're in Arrowhead, they allow the second fewest amount of points. I think that is just the playoff teams. Right. Now that I'm thinking about it, but they only average 18 allowing 18 points at home. So obviously when your def- or your offense is scoring like 50,000, that is an extremely impressive yeah. uh, recipe and whatnot. But I just, I in luck we trust. Okay. And I think that offensive line's going to keep him clean and he's going to have time to pick that defense apart. It's good. It's not as bad as people have touted it to be, but it's yeah. not great. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I, I feel it. I think if they can get Mac going at half the pace that he did last week, and I think they will, yeah. it's going to be really a good recipe for success. Score? Score. I mean, uh, eventually I have to be right with the high scoring games, right? Right. Um, I think this one could be something along the lines of, nah, that's going to be too high scoring. It'd be crazy about it. At first I was like 35 42, but that's not, not realistic. So let's go 35. I'm going to do an Adam Rossi thing and say it's 31. Why is that an Adam Rossi thing? Cuz you're like I'm going to make the games close. Whatever. Yeah, so, usually I don't do that. I'm going with the Colts too. 
Uh, All right, so far I'm safe. I'm very strong. I'm very confident <laughs> with this pick. I, I am. Yeah. Which is ironic. I think we're going to have the same picks this week. But I, I'm very, very confident with this pick because of everything that you said. And I'm. it's interesting you pointed out their defense because I was going to say that their defense isn't really that great. Um, referring to Kansas City. Referring to Kansas City. And I want to I, I say this is that the Colts are going to have to decide, and I think that they could successfully do either game plan. But they're gonna have to decide if they want to turn the turn the heat up, boil some water, and just go point for point with them, which I feel like they can. Yeah. With the in terms of the matchup, right? Or, or if they want to run it. the ball and let and Pat Holmes sit on the bench, and yeah. I think they can do either. But I think yeah. that they say, you know what, turn up the heat, luck, let's go. Oh, we can do really? Because it. it's that's I fascinating. Because oh, I think they would do the opposite. No, I think they're gonna turn up the heat. I and mean, say, I want we got to it. Let's heat. go. And I think the Indianapolis Colts win forty-one. To twenty eight. Wow! Yeah. I My think, gosh! I, and I and I don't think it's going to be close. I think that the Colts are going to get a, 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 to a big lead and just coast the rest of the game. And I think the Chiefs score a couple touchdowns late in the game. Okay. But I just I I, I think that this is the game that's really going to show people that I don't want to say I've come off my Chiefs aren't good thing because they're obviously a very very good football team. This is the game that's going to show people that the hype was for not for most of it. Okay. This team is very good. They're not there yet. Yeah. And I think that the Colts and Frank Reich is the right place, right time. And they're there. And I, I think 40, I said 41, that yet? 28. Is that a trademark? Yeah, no. I talked about it. Uh, I don't know if it was during the naughty or nice thing or whatnot, but you asked me, like, who can who's going to be in the playoffs? And I said, I don't believe in the Chiefs because this is – this is very similar to the big games they've lost. This team, this kind of game script. They do it all the time. And I just don't. I mean, like, in a way, I guess I kind of want Andy to win just so we can be like, yeah, I got that right. monkey off my back. Exactly. But, but at yeah. the same time, I just I don't see it's going to happen. And I, I just think the, the Colts are going to dominate the Chiefs on both sides of the ball up front. Because the funny thing is, I feel like maybe not so much the offensive line of the Texans, but the defensive line of the Texans is a ton better than the Chiefs' defensive front seven in line, yeah. and the Colts dominated that up front. So I don't think it's as much of a challenge. I think they're just going to continue to dominate. So. Love it. Second game, Saturday night. This one's a fun one. Talk about it. Yeah, the Dallas Cowboys travel out to Los Angeles to take on those Rams. I purposely paused because I forgot which one it was. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I'm glad I'm – that's why we have a good back and forth. <laughs> This game, I think, might not be as exciting. Yeah. And I put, I'm putting air quotes in that because yeah. I feel like you're thinking about the Rams and you're thinking about how it's been high-flying for a majority of the year and you think back to that Kansas City game, which was just insane and, and whatnot. But I feel like this is, might be more controlled. I think this okay. might be a lower-scoring defensive game and kind of see what happens and whatnot. But I am taking Dallas, taking the Dallas Cowboys on the road. I feel... You were talking about feeling confident in Indy. I don't know why, but I'm so... The confidence that I had with Philly last week, I now have with Dallas this week. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the only... The LA Rams are the only team right now in the playoffs that are allowing five-plus yards yeah. per carry. Yeah. I think Zeke's going to eat. I think Amari Cooper is going to have a good game. I think Dak's going to be out there and do Dak things. He's going to run around and... Have his mouth wide open while he makes throws. That's kind of the equivalent of our Jared Cook thing. If you notice that when Dak throws, it's always like, 
And you see that pointy canine tooth that I think is cool and all that jazz. Oh, but I feel really confident. I think I love the tenacity that these linebackers bring, and I think they're going to okay. get after Todd Gurley. I think it's going to okay. be kind of a similar game to that Saints game, okay. and that was obviously in Jerry World. Yeah. But I think I'm pretty confident that the Coliseum is going to be Jerry World Jr. for these <laughs> Dallas Cowboy fans. Okay. I think it's pretty darn bad when your head coach is coming out and saying, fans, please don't sell your tickets to Dallas fans because we need you guys there. Did he say that? Yes. <laughs> yes, he said, fans, don't uh, sell your tickets to Cowboys fans. We man. need you there. That comment made me guffaw. <laughs> Perfect. So, yes, I Score. feel extremely confident. I think this is going to be a lower-scoring game. I think this Dallas defense is going to do a really good job of stemming this L.A. Rams offense, and I'm probably going to be so darn wrong. It's going to be laughable, but I'm right. saying 24-14 to 14 right now. All right. Well, I'm upset because I'm not going to gain any ground on this one because I think it's Cowboys, too. Yeah! And I think it's Cowboys because of the Saints game, but I also think it's Cowboys because of how Dak has come on lately. And uh, I, I, don't, I actually don't want to talk too much about this because I just want to give you how this game is going to end. Okay. Because what's going to happen is I think that L.A. is going to score a lot of field goals in this game. Okay. I don't think Dallas is going to let them score touchdowns. I think Dallas is going to score four touchdowns. But I think what's going to happen here is that Dallas is going to be up 21 Dallas is going to be up 21-18 okay. in the fourth quarter. And then or do you have any touchdowns in that scenario or are you just doing six field? Oh wait. No. Okay. okay Dallas is three field okay, okay. touchdowns. Sorry. Uh so, it's going to be 21-18. And then, hold on. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. Hold on. Wait, yeah, that is. Hold on, hold on. 5, 18, 27. No, 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 no. 17. It's going to be 21-17. Okay. LA is going to score a touchdown, and they're going to get the two. They're going to go for two. Get the two-point conversion. Okay. It's going to be 25-21. This sounds like a ton of fun. And then, Dak Prescott's going to lead the game-winning drive. And run it in on a quarterback draw on the goal line, goal line to win the game. Okay. Yep. I dig it. And 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 the Cowboys are going to be in the NFC Championship game. Yeah. And I would have never said it. And I know that at the beginning of the year I said they were going to win the division. And I know that midway through the season I was kind of worried about that. But I never thought they would make it this far. But they're going to do it. And I just... And I'm I'm gonna be there living for for all the Cowboys fans tweets after this game. So perfect. I'm upset that we're tied here, but I think we're probably gonna tie on this next regardless. game. Regardless. So here we go. The next game. You're gonna do something different. The first game to... is the is the Chargers Patriots, right? Correct. Everyone. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. So winner, winner, we're doing that. Whoever's up has to go first. That's fine. <laughs> There's no protecting the lead. So far, it's sounding unless you completely pick against me in both of these that I'll be up regardless. Yeah. <laughs> so uh the west coast team has to travel to the east coast again to play at 10 a who cares we talked about i said that story. last week it doesn't matter who gives a crap they're flying out tomorrow so they already have time to reset their clock and it's gonna be fine it doesn't matter i'm tired of fans being like oh this is rigged towards the patriots no who cares it's done stop it's stupid okay anyways chargers are gonna win chargers are gonna okay. win because they're the better football team all around, they are the better football team. Yeah. And I don't think there is a whole lot of debate to that, honestly. Okay. I feel like you could try, but I don't think you'd be correct. 
I was wrong last week of saying Hunter Henry was going to be back. He's officially back for this he game. Is. He's activated. He's going to be going. So Things that's going to be, be fun. And I hope he plays really well because I like the kid a heck of a lot. And Phillip Rivers, he's 0-7 against Tom Brady. And I think he's sick and tired of being the asked first that. first time for everything. He's <laughs> sick and tired of being asked that. And Phillip Rivers is a true professional. He takes it with a smile every time. But I love the answer he's been saying. He said, yeah, I'm 0-7 against Tom Brady, but Tom Brady hasn't played these Chargers. And I think that's so darn cool I and love, so darn correct. I love that you said that because this is the first time in forever that the Chargers are going into a playoff game at full strength. Hmm. Ever. I could not remember a Charger playoff game, certainly not when Phillip Rivers was the quarterback, yeah. where they were at full strength. Every defensive player is playing. That That's their starters. Every offensive player is playing. That's their starters. It's, they're at full strength. And they're going to take down the Patriots. And you're right. We're going to... No matter what, you're going to have the lead. But I just... I... This, honestly, is the pick that I am most confident in over the weekend. Yeah. I just... The, the, the thing is, I'm going to give you my score here. I don't think it's the Chargers run over them. Because I think that... Tom Brady and the Patriots figure it out in the in the playoffs. For that's sure. what they do. Absolutely. But I think at the end of the game, whether it's a last second field goal or a last second touchdown, Phillip Rivers gets it done 31-30 over the past. Oh my I god, think, that'd be so fun. I think this is gonna be the best game of the weekend. I think it's gonna be so close the whole game. And I think in that fourth quarter it's gonna be that game winning field goal drive or that game winning touchdown score, and they're gonna win it. And honestly, I hope that it's a game winning field goal. By the rookie Badgley, yeah, with all the snake bitten, kicking stories that the Chargers have had yeah. in the past couple of years, I hope that it's a Badgley game winner from like sixty. Wow! But but regardless, I hope it's not because I'd be so from scared. like eleven. <laughs> uh, it's impossible to have an eleven yard field goal actually, but yeah, I just I I guess it's not impossible if you kick it from like further up instead of as far back as you normally do. But regardless, um. Yeah, Chargers 31-30. There we go. You? Uh, I'm going to say uh, Chargers 31-24 because I feel like New England's going to be okay. in a position to win, but the defense will get that stop again. I like that, actually. I would That, that would be more fun for me to see the Pats crumble. All right, the final game of the slate. The Eagles get to wait it out again. Oh, God. The final game, Sunday night, Philly... Traveling in with old St. Nick into the Superdome against the Saints. I want to pick Philly so bad. I, I do. I can see it. I do. <laughs> I want to pick him so bad, but I'm just not. I'm not betting against Drew Brees and Sean Payton in, okay. in their dome. But gosh, do I want to. And it's yeah. not going to be as bad as their first meeting. It's going yeah, to no, be a fun game. It's going to be much better. And I, I'll say this. This isn't answering the question, but I have... Something that I just appreciate about football, because obviously I'm not a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Yeah. But uh, I was out on the road delivering today, and I went to a place, and a guy had a Philly yeah. sweatshirt on or something. I was like, so what are the odds? And he was like, we're going to get it. Yeah. And I, I was like, heck yeah, okay, I feel it. And I, I asked him why I was, and obviously I only had a couple of seconds to talk to him, but he was like, this is a completely different team than the one that went down there a couple yeah. months ago, and the feeling's different. So he was an intelligent fan. I like that. <laughs> and... And I said, yeah, I mean, you have the the magic of, of St. Nick right now, and it's hard to beat It's hard to beat a team two times in one year. It's just tough to do that. And he's like, yeah, so I, I feel really good. Uh, I feel really good, too. I'm not going to be surprised whatsoever if Philadelphia pulls this off. 
I think they have the pieces that the Saints struggled against at the end of the year. We talked about that offensive line. Obviously, the strength of Philadelphia is their front seven, and their young secondary tries to make plays, and sometimes they get burned by it. I suspect Rubies will take advantage of that yeah. versus being burned by them. Yeah. But I won't be surprised if if it doesn't. And But I'm rolling with, with Drew Brees because I want to see that Super Bowl prediction that you had. High scoring? Yeah, I do think it's going to be high scoring. Um, I think this could be a game where they both get into the 30s. That's all I'm going to say. I don't have an exact number, but I think they get both. 30s question mark? 30s question mark. <laughs> so, <laughs> I typed Philadelphia in here. I want you to know that. I mean, you're wearing your Philly green shirt. I, I typed Philadelphia in for me, and I just deleted it. Because I just can't... I can't pick against my pick from the whole year. I have to stick you with... Could. I have to stick with my guns here. Because I think the score is going to be 38-31. Okay. By the way, I think it's just going to be a duel out there in the Superdome because there's no there's no conditions, there's no nothing. They yeah. have all their all their pieces on the on both offenses, and it's just I want to. I, I I'm sitting here. I want to pick Philly more than you wanted to pick Philly last week. That's how much <laughs> I want to pick them because that's how much I believe in the magic. Of a situation, not I even just it. not even just the, the magic of a, of a Nick Foles, just in the magic of a moment where everything just kind of fell, the stars aligned, and it's happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. It happened last year for them, and it's just it, it's so funny because that game last week really mirrored that game against Atlanta where they fought in the first round last year, in the, in, in the yeah. divisional round last year. So I just. I again, I really want to say Philadelphia. Thinking just, that though, sorry, I don't want to cut you yeah. off, but thinking that. The next game, they came out and destroyed, destroyed Minnesota. Destroyed Minnesota, right? So, uh, but it's just, you know, Minnesota. It's because you know Minnesota Case Keenum and Case Keenum's not Drew Brees. Yep, very and good point. They, you know, they didn't have the running backs that the Saints do, and you know maybe their receivers are a little bit better. But you know, it's just I have to stick with my pick since since day one, since the preseason. I've said it was going to be the Saints, and I believe in that. And as much as – and I'm not going to be – again, I'm not going to be shocked either yeah. if Philadelphia wins. And I'm not going to be upset if Philadelphia wins. Because the only thing I have online is what my reputation of picking, which isn't that great anyway. Yeah, that too. <laughs> so I'm picking New Orleans in this one with shaky with shaky hand. I will say this. If they win, in my head, it's a lock. Okay. I, I've, I believed it. I believed it the whole year, and I haven't wavered. I – if they win this game right here, this is the this is the, the Super Bowl to the Saints for me. If they win this game, it's an absolute lock for me that they win the Super Bowl. That's very interesting because, um, like I said, I'm really rooting and hoping for your Super Bowl pick. Yeah. But I think, and based on what we said, whoa, Alexa, I, I want you to turn on, but not quite that loud. <laughs> Have a surprise for you that I think you probably Ooh. haven't seen or okay. heard. We have Dallas moving on. Dallas has beaten both of those teams. Yeah, this yeah. could be the best shot for a Dallas Super Bowl. That's true, actually. Since that famous run in the nineties. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun no matter what. Happens. The, the the any every possible matchup on both sides for for title games is fun no matter what. Yeah. So. All right. Do you have a? You have your been talking about it for a couple days now. I've like got these... two tidbits and I've got three five-second answers. All right. Do you want me to roll through those? Yes. And, go to you? Okay. and then we'll have my surprise. So, oh, God. So my two tidbits are this. Oh, let me pull up this one because the one is just 
Um, the one there's a there's a picture involved with data on it. Ooh. Uh, that I want to read real quick. But the first one is about the the Bears game last week. The the Bears were plus two in turnover margin last last week. Okay. For those of you who don't know what that means, when you're when you're when you talk about the turnover margin, if you're plus two, that means you had two more turnovers that you got versus that you gave away. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, so they were plus two. In the last forty years, teams that were plus two in turnover margin were one hundred twelve and four. Wow! And they lost. Wow, one hundred twelve and four. Is that playoffs? That's ever, ever. Wow, in the last forty years. My God. Yeah. Uh, another one is uh, rate. Somebody posted the status. This is the top five luckiest and unluckiest quarterbacks in terms of percentage of interceptions to turnover worthy passes. Now, Pro Football Focus and Bleacher Report. Do this, this do this do this next gen stats uh, on what a turnover worthy pass is. Okay. Um, and it's on their website. You can Google it. But basically, how it's listed is they do a turnover ratio that'd be like two to one. So it's the first one is um, the the number of interceptions, and the second number is the passes that they deemed were turnover worthy. Yeah. So. The top five luckiest quarterbacks in this rating, number one was Lamar Jackson. He had four interceptions to ten turnover-worthy passes. So he's lucky. That means that he threw ten passes to them that were either like right in the defender's hand that he dropped or were right there that just didn't get completed. So he threw ten of those passes and only four were intercepted. Okay. Uh, Number two is Eli Manning. He threw ten interceptions to 25 turnover-worthy passes. Good. Uh, number three is Ryan Tannehill. He threw nine interceptions to 19 turnover-worthy passes. Matt Ryan threw seven to nine to 13. Aaron Rodgers threw four to seven. Yeah, I knew Aaron had a few of those. So issues. those are the five luckiest quarterbacks in the league per interceptions to turnover-worthy passes. Okay. The five unluckiest. Number one is Nick Foles. He's thrown six interceptions on five turnover-worthy passes. Wow. All year, Nick Foles has thrown five turnover-worthy passes, and six, and all five of those were intercepted, plus one more. Okay. Uh, two is Nick Mullins of San Francisco. His is ten to nine. Uh, three is Blake Bortles, actually, which is eleven to ten, which is interesting. Baker Mayfield is four, fourteen to fourteen. So every turnover-worthy pass he threw this year was intercepted. Okay. <laughs> He threw 14 picks this year. All four to them were deemed turnover worthy. Okay. He did not throw a single pass other than that that was not turnover worthy. So it wasn't picked up. That was cool. And the last one is Case Keenum. He uh, threw 18 turnover worthies and only in, in 16 of them were picked up. So I thought that was a really interesting stat. And I, I took a deep dive on the stat. It tracks, you know, tipped balls. It tracks balls within five yards of a defender looking at it. Okay. It tracks balls that like hit defenders in the hand. And those are deemed turnover worthy, but I thought that was cool. So do you want me to do my five second questions? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> One. Of the quarterbacks remaining in the field, you're down six with two minutes left. Which one do you go with? Andrew Luck. Okay. Would you rather have Zeke Elliott or Todd Gurley? Zeke. Better team for a new head coach, Miami or Cincy? <laughs> Cincy, but not for the reason you think. Okay. All right, so we uh, earlier on in the year we had some fun with a Spanish broadcast call. Oh God. Here we go. Uh, is, this a, is this the call from 
the Philly game? Yes. I have not heard this. I saw somebody post it, so and I never opened it. It's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> That's the weirdest part. Was he like calling to his father? Oh, okay. Well, that was a guffaw. Oh I, my gosh, that was obviously the Philly call. Like they were rooting for Philadelphia and whatnot. Oh my gosh, no, it's, Senor. It's just so yeah. I don't. I don't pretend to be a master of the Spanish language or anything, but uh, why no, do you? No sir, no sir, no sir, Papa. Yeah. <laughs> no sir, no sir, Father. <laughs> what? Anyways. Everybody. Amazing. That was amazing. Oh, my God. I was excited about I that. I love that. Glad oh. you didn't hear it. I just... Uh, what's so funny is... <laughs> I laughed, too, because it, it cut... I've Obviously, everybody's seen the Matt Nagy gif of his face looking yeah. like Pikachu and the <laughs> Pikachu gif. Um, but I I don't remember seeing it live, so when I was watching that, it cut to him, and he was just like... <laughs> I, it's, and I don't know if you saw this, and we can... I can I'll, tweet out, I'll tweet out this picture, but it said the Nick Foles effect. And it's the picture of Nagy, and then the picture of Sean McVay. Sean McVay and it's like too. all these faces just like... Why does this happen with Nick Foles? It's so funny. It's so funny. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. We're not going to do Friends Fortune? Oh, yeah, I don't know. I have one. Okay, do it. I have a good one. I'm sorry. Oh, you want to you do it without leaving the room? Yeah. All right. So, this is a cool Friends Fortune. i got to pull my phone again. So, I have bookmarked this tweet. Oh, I'm glad that's your picture. That's a picture. Uh, so... Wild card weekend points scored last weekend. Cowboys 24, Chargers 23, Seahawks 22, Colts 21, Ravens 17, Eagles 16, Bears 15, Texans 7. Oh, I really wish it would have been like a consecutive line. Oh, that would have been fun. But, so if you paid attention to my score prediction, my bold prediction for this week is every single team is going to outscore every team from last week. So every team is going to score more than 24 points. The lowest scoring team I have next week uh, is scoring 25 points is the LA Rams. Every other team is going to score more points. There we go. There we go. I am going to kind of go to two games uh, for this. I don't know why I feel good about these two predictions. Okay. Um, number one is that Tom Brady is not going to throw a touchdown pass. Whoa. He won't throw a touchdown that pass. I'm so happy. <laughs> My second one is that of the three main wide receivers in Philly. Yeah. Receivers, just receivers. So you're Aguilar, Jeffrey, and Matthews? No, or, I'm going or, Golden Tate. Or Golden Tate, okay. And Zach Ertz. So the three Four. wide receivers and the tight end are, all, end are all going to catch a touchdown. Well, excuse me. Uh, we both have them scoring in the 30s, so yeah. Wow. There we go. So, if everything goes the way that we predicted it, because we're deadlocked on all four picks, you have the Indianapolis Colts traveling to L.A. to face the Chargers for the AFC title game. Yeah. And then you have the Dallas Cowboys heading back into the Superdome to face the They haven't the been there yet. For, I think they played in the Superdome in the game that they no, won. they went to Jerry World. Okay. Well, that's big. But regardless, yeah, that'll be fun. 
It'll be a whole lot of fun. But let's enjoy the fun this weekend Absolutely. first, shall we? Absolutely. All right, now. Our episode has come to an end. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Appreciate it. If you stuck with us this long, thank you. <laughs> it's our new catchphrase, I guess. <laughs> I thought it was so down on ourselves to say that, so I tried stopping. I think you. it's fine. I really like it, but I, I was like, fine. oh, we're being too hard on it. Anyways, we're, we're, we're grateful for the people who have stuck with us. Very true. Uh, comment, like. Yeah. Thanks for helping our Facebook become more popular. Makes yeah, we got like 100 likes in the past week, which was pretty cool. So keep awesome. it coming, sharing it. Honestly, like our posts, share them, please. Uh, honestly, if you have comments on things we say, if you have questions, please let us know because we love if interacting you think with you guys. If you think we're idiots and you're like, say you're it. so wrong, say that's wrong, and we know. will debate it on the show. Love it, uh, and we'll get we'll, we'll have some guests in, in in the coming weeks. It's just hard when we have so much to talk about. We don't have time to fit in guests, but uh, yeah. Anything else you want to say? Enjoy this weekend of football, everybody. Best weekend of football. God bless. <laughs>